Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Friday, November 10th, 2023 edition of On Iowa Politics. On the podcast this week, Iowa Governor Reynolds breaks with tradition and endorses in the caucuses. Tuesday's election results provide some interesting insights and possible backlash. And the latest Republican presidential debate. Hello, everyone. I'm Aaron Murphy, the Des Moines Bureau Chief for the Gazette in Cedar Rapids. With me this week, our Gazette Deputy Bureau Chief, Tom Barton. Hello, Tom. Hello, Aaron. We have Jared McNett of the Sioux City Journal. Hello, Jared. Aaron, I promise I would never call you scum. (laughs) And finally, Gazette columnist Todd Dorman. Hello, Todd. Hello. Uh, and, And just remind our listening audience, no applause, please, so you can hear all of our statements and analysis. We're not going to do this, okay? We're not gonna do this today. All right, now that that's settled. Uh, I did want to also just note real quick, our, our Sarah Watson is unable to be with us this week because as we record the podcast on Thursday afternoon, Sarah and her team are en route to Des Moines to accept an award for their use of open records in reportings. Um, and we'll have Sarah tell you more about that and exactly what that was for uh, when she's back next week, hopefully. But in the meantime, uh, many congratulations to Sarah and the Quad City Times uh team for what i'm sure is a well-earned honor all right this uh to me felt like a a truly momentous week in iowa politics we're going to get into all of it today um because some of these uh big events impact each other i think it makes the most sense to discuss them in chronological order here so so let's start with monday and iowa governor kim reynolds endorsement of florida governor ron DeSantis in the republican presidential primary Reynolds broke with tradition in endorsing DeSantis. It is the first time a sitting Iowa governor has endorsed the presidential candidate since Terry Branstad, who was joined by U.S. Senator Chuck Grassley, endorsed Bob Dole in 1995, nearly 30 years ago. Reynolds started out this caucus cycle saying she planned to remain neutral, but sometime uh, roughly this summer, something changed, and she made it official at an event Monday night in Des Moines with DeSantis. So, Tom, the $50,000 question is, will Reynolds' endorsement matter? We talk so often on this podcast about endorsements not mattering during elections. Is Reynolds' endorsement, do you think, the exception to that rule, will, will it help Ron DeSantis fend off Nikki Haley and, and, and or close the gap with Donald Trump? I don't see it helping uh, Governor DeSantis close the gap with Trump. Now, it may very well help DeSantis uh, potentially fend off Nikki Haley. Um, But, you know, we'll see. Time will tell. Um, A lot can happen in, you know, the roughly two months that we have until the January 15th caucuses. you know, if if it, if it does anything, I think what uh, Reynolds endorsement of Governor DeSantis does is I think it sends a signal to um, Iowa uh, Republican caucus goers that, um, you know, now is the time to hop off the fence. You know, now is the time um, to start making a decision about who you're going to support in the caucuses. Um, I mean, uh, you and I and and Jared have been on the campaign trail, you know, the last couple of months. And every time uh, we talk to Republican voters at um, these different campaign events or at uh, uh, Republican Party events, 
you know, we hear from a sizable number of them who say that they have not made up a decision yet as to who they're going to support in the caucuses. Um, you know, they're considering a couple of different candidates. Um, and a lot of the people I talk to say, well, you know, I'm, I'm looking closely at um, Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley. Um, some throw Tim Scott in there um, and, you know, say that they're uh, mostly waffling between the two or among the three, um, but haven't decided um, who they're going to support. So if anything, I think the Reynolds endorsement is a signal to um, Republican caucus goers that, you know, hey, now is the time to start making up your mind, making a decision. Um, and, you know, for some of those, for, for, for some of the people who are waffling between DeSantis and Haley, I think the governor's endorsement, um, you know, could help nudge a few people, um, you know, toward Governor DeSantis. Um, but um, then again, um, who knows? I mean, there there probably are a sizable group of people, um, again, who are leaning either towards DeSantis or Haley, who um, now might be leaning more closely to Nikki Haley, given her given her performance um, during last night's debate. Um, you know, both DeSantis and Haley gave strong performances, but um, you know, on 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 some issues, um, particularly on the abortion issue, I think Nikki Haley probably gave. Um, a better re response on that issue, especially in light of, um, you know, what we saw from from the election results on, on Tuesday, particularly with um, the result of that um, uh, ballot uh, measure, the, the referenda in Ohio. Yeah. Um, Todd, let me pick your brain on this. Um, I mentioned Governor Branstead endorsing Senator Dole in, in 95 in the 96 season, uh, Bob Dole won um, those Iowa caucuses and was the party's nominee. On the other hand, uh, he and Terry Branstad in 2015 encouraged Iowa Republicans to uh, reject Ted Cruz and, and that didn't work. Ted Cruz won the uh, caucuses. So his, his, his anti-endorsement, I guess, didn't work what's what's your sense of this is is this i mean governor reynolds is very popular within the republican party here 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 in iowa it it i you know i talked uh for a story when i covered this on monday night um political experts were skeptical it'll move the needle significantly um w one person steve scheffler actually of the iowa faith and freedom coalition even he said if there's anyone who can do it, it's Kim Reynolds, but even her impact, we're talking about a couple, two, three points, maybe what, what's your thought on this, Todd? Yeah. Well, the, the 96 endorsement wasn't really much of a surprise. You know, Bob Dole had been running for president for most of the nineties and he spent so much time here. He was basically called Iowa's third Senator because <laughs> he was here all, I mean, he was just constantly here. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah. And that, so that wasn't, you know, I, you know, endorsements, I mean, I just, I don't know how much that's, how much uh, impact that's going to have. I suppose, I mean, Tom could be right among some of these folks who are waffling between DeSantis and, and, uh, and, um, you know, 
I'm just, I just blanked on her name. Nikki uh, Haley. Nikki Haley. Yes. Uh, it may it may make some difference. That may turn the you know make the decision easier. But uh, you know, there's some been there have been big candidates in Iowa that got big name endorsements and and still didn't win. I mean, uh, uh, Howard Dean got Tom Harkin like right you know not like a month before the caucuses, and so that gave Tom Harkin the distinction of standing behind him on stage when he screamed so he's every video <laughs> so every video of that, that yeah every video of that is is him going yay <laughs> uh which is well, yeah the only other thing that i that i would add is you know historically traditionally you know endorsements may um help give a candidate a uh you know a a, a couple a bump of a couple points you know it may it it may you know help Ron DeSantis, he may see his numbers go up by one, two, you know, three percentage points, but it's not, again, going to be enough to close that sizable gap between uh, DeSantis, Haley, and, and and Trump, who, according to the latest Iowa poll, you know, is leading by, um, I think, uh, 27 percentage points. Yeah. And if you look at, I think, the, the last... Um, caucus most recent caucus cycles um the candidates who you know saw a surge um you know late um you know from from october up until january um you know i think some of them saw as much as a uh 20 point surge but that's still gonna put you you know seven points behind trump well and you have to yeah you have to wonder too that i mean when when trump sort of uh harshly criticized reynolds it didn't seem to do much to his standing so you have to wonder whether reynolds support for desantis is going to do much for desantis's standing i just i don't know that this is one of those things that's that's so important that it's going to change people's minds tom to your point of, about the polling another reason i don't think this will matter in a hugely measurable way is because I think it's coming too late. Like, had this come when DeSantis was much closer in the polls earlier on, that could have been really potent to, to brag about that early on. I have the backing of the governor of Iowa. Reynolds could have spent the whole summer campaigning for DeSantis if she wanted to. And that that would have been that could have been a, a huge boom. But two months out when the the gap in the polls is more than 20 points is tough. Yeah, you don't you won't don't want to jump on the train as it approaches the the bridge that's out. I mean that's <laughs> and that's kind of what this feels like a little bit is I mean I think she's doing what she can because I think she's soured on Trump and and likes DeSantis's policies and wants to help him out but I mean I don't I don't know at this point that that's going to matter a lot. And it might be worth pointing out too in this discussion about how much it'll matter is if this is also coming when there's that polling from uh, Morning Consult to suggest that Reynolds is one of the more unpopular governors in the country, so if there's if some of that constituency that is that unpopular part is any Republican folks, then why why do they care who she endorses anyway? Well, and and you know if if Trump, another interesting thing will will be if Trump wins the nomination, we'll have to all be careful not to get whiplash. While we watch the Republicans who didn't back Trump suddenly jump back onto his train like nothing happened, so that'll be that'll be an interesting bit of 
political theater. Uh, Todd, let me ask you, and, and, and this is off the cuff. This question just occurs to me. Um, I, I, are you surprised by this endorsement, giving how far behind Governor DeSantis is in, in the polls and how it comes at a moment when he even Nikki Haley's at the very least catching him and in some places passing him for second. It, it, it's, it's just interesting to me, and I don't know whether or not I should be surprised. So I'm curious what you think. Um, give, you know, is this that, that the governor is spending political capital on this? And again, especially, and, and the reason I thought of it is exactly what you just said. All indications are, unless something massive changes, is that Trump will be the party's nominee. So, um, in, in, you know, you, now you've got a whole year's worth of, of campaigning um, where he'll be campaigning for president, and then it'll be the, the, the guy that uh, Reynolds told people not to vote for in the primary. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think she genuinely thought she could help DeSantis. Hmm. Uh, I mean, she's, it's been obvious that she's... Uh, had some affinity for his campaign sure. for, for months. And I suppose she figured, well, if I stand on the sidelines and he loses, uh, I'll maybe regret not having done mm-hmm. something. So maybe this is, you know, what she decided to do, but uh, yeah, it's always politicians always overestimate the value of their support of a, another candidate. And so uh she probably thought this would be a game changer. And I, I don't think we've seen any evidence that that's, that's happened. Yeah. Um, I will say one thing, the, the one caveat I will add all this is, and I agree with everything that's been said and, 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 and not just here, as I said, check out my story from early in the week, my coverage, and, and you can hear voices um, who are, are, are experts in this field saying the same thing. Um, the one thing I will say is if it does light some sort of spark and enables DeSantis to get the ball rolling, at least uh, I, I keep uh, reminding folks when I do na- national hits, because I get asked about who's going to win. Can anyone beat Trump? Remember, it is important to remember you don't have to win Iowa. In fact, the last few who have won Iowa have not become the nominee. You just got to come out of here with a strong showing and, and some momentum. So, you know, if this is something that maybe lights a fire some way in the DeSantis campaign and he doesn't get an immediate 10 point bump, but maybe he gets a little bump and maybe gradually more and more people start giving him a second look and he's able to turn that into a surge, then, you know, if he finishes like to your point earlier, Tom, about if he, if he has a 20 point surge, yeah, he doesn't win, but, but he comes out of here with some definite momentum and maybe gets a, a different look in New Hampshire and South Carolina. Um, I, I think it's important to remember that someone else doesn't have to beat Donald Trump. Someone just has to close that gap in a major way. And I don't know if that'll happen either, uh, uh, but just wanted to toss that in there. All right, moving on. So that was Monday. On Tuesday, we had some elections here in Iowa and across the country. And those elections produced some very interesting results. Here in Iowa, the school board races had a very distinct theme. Broadly speaking, and in the vast majority of instances statewide, progressive slash liberal slash Democrat-backed candidates were successful 
getting elected to school boards while conservative slash Republican back slash Moms for Liberty endorsed candidates were decidedly unsuccessful. Um, Todd, I'm going to start with you with this one because there's really no way to answer a question that doesn't produce a very opinion-y response. So uh, you get you get those ones. Um, are these election results what they appear to be on the surface, which would be a, a direct voter backlash to the uh, Republican K-12 policies enacted earlier this year, like restrictions on classroom materials with sexual content, restrictions on transgender students. Um, might this also be some backlash to the new taxpayer-funded private school scholarships, the vouchers, the ESAs, whatever you call them? Or what? Or or is that oversimplifying it? What What, what do you well, think? Well, I, I think there was backlash to the policies, but I think, to a in a broader sense, I think there was backlash to this narrative that's been stoked by Reynolds and others that that public schools are these awful places with porn in the library and drag shows and all these ways they sort of tried to demonize public schools and and public school teachers and i think this was sort of the backlash against the idea that because because this to most people that they're you know their public school does isn't anything like that and so i think the policies also they i mean there's, there's, I think there's a perception of a lot of overreach, and and people don't like to see their nonpartisan school boards politicized, and so when these candidates who are basically from, from say Moms for Liberty that are basically carrying with them a, a, a you know a, a policy agenda that's maybe that's not necessarily uh, popular with the majority of people in the school district. I mean, I think that that made a difference too. So, uh, yeah, I, I think this was this was a backlash against, you know, uh, basically a year and a half, two years of of bashing public schools and and politicizing education, and and I think people who showed up to vote were, uh, you know, were fed up, and 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 I also think that the, you know, the the uh, more mainstream, progressive, perhaps democratic candidates, I think they're, I think they're, they're sort of their uh, grassroots effort to organize for these elections was superior to uh, Moms for Liberty candidates, many of whom, at least in this area, were sort of political newcomers who had never run for anything before. So uh, that probably played a factor too. One of the Sorry, go ahead, Jared. One of the more striking cases in in state to me was the um, referendum in Pella about whether or not to give the uh, the city council the authority to change the library's policies. That that was interesting to me because unlike the school board races, that was about one specific issue and one issue alone. And you know, when you're voting for a candidate for school board, you could maybe be voting with them because you like your stance on you know school bonds or teacher pay or or any number of things. But that was a very specific single issue kind of thing. Yeah, um, that's a good one. Um, the other one I'm going to point out is is Cedar Rapids, where just because I think it shows, you know, it wasn't like this uh, blue wave vote, so to speak, because in Cedar Rapids, where they rejected um, some of those types of school board candidates, they also voted decidedly to not passed the referendum the the big uh bond so this you know this wasn't a 
um, you know, it, uh, I don't think you can look at the this electorate and 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 describe them in in one particular way. Um, the other interesting thing I saw, and this was um, uh, um, of someone who was speaking more broadly, although they have ties, they've worked on on campaigns in Iowa in the past. Um, a, a, a former kind of campaign person um, who's gone on and is an author now. Tim Miller is his, his name. Um, he had a, 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 well, whatever we call him now, a t- whatever a tweet's called now on Elon Musk's site. And uh, he, he said that he, he, his, his thought was that maybe some of the, the, the folks who, um, you know, who got, who had the wind in their sails in the 2021 school board elections with, with the backlash to COVID restrictions and people who were upset about that. And, and we kind of saw a school board wave elections in that direction that year that the, the folks assumed that those, a majority of those voters also felt the same way they, that they do about books in schools and transgender policy. And that this election shows that that's maybe not the case. I just thought, I, I don't know how much, science there is to that. I just thought that was an interesting observation worth passing along. I'll also make a shameless plug here. I've been talking to a lot of folks about this um, and you're going to see a story in your favorite gazette and the lead newspaper over the weekend. So, so make sure to check that out. Um, All right. Let's uh, uh, before we leave the election results, I'm sorry um, on top of the school boards here. So that was interesting. There are also some interesting election results elsewhere in the nation. Tom mentioned um, specifically uh, for our discussion today in Ohio, where voters approved a state constitutional amendment preserving the right to an abortion. And also they approved the legalization of recreational marijuana. Um, That probably doesn't change much of the calculations calculus on abortion here. In Iowa, first of all, this is like example number seven. So they've seen that comments just lays an example. And and anyways, Republicans here are still pursuing uh, legal clearance of their state law that would ban abortions once a fetus's heartbeat can be detected. So that that issue here is is in the actual courts, not the court of public opinion, um, at least not in any time in the near future. So, so let me ask instead about the legalized marijuana initiative. Uh, we're up to is it 24 states now? I had that written and, and I forgot to double check that it's somewhere in that ballpark that have um, legalized. Aaron, marijuana. Aaron's memory is hazy. And <laughs> you know, one of the things that can, can cause hazy, uh, hazy memory, don't you folks? <laughs> I may or may not have been in Illinois uh, recently. Um, anyways, roughly half the country uh, let's say has now legalized uh, marijuana. Jared, do you think this, there's any chance that, you know, each passing state that this moves the needle at all in Iowa gets us closer to Republicans considering legalization here? Um, I don't think so, because, you know, some of the procedures are a little bit different for trying to get a proposal here through like a constitutional amendment. Um, but, you know, as more and more neighbors of Iowa legalize it, uh, it does maybe get a little more difficult to stay the course, especially when even conservative states bordering Iowa, like uh, my home state of Missouri, make marijuana legal, because then you can't even say that it's just, you know, crazy liberal states like Illinois or Minnesota going in on this when you, when you have states like Missouri doing it too. And it's mostly been working for Missouri pretty well. Um, 
Back to the Ohio part of this, I, I would note that, you know, in 2022, their governor was up for re-election, and he won by an even wider margin than Reynolds defeated DeGere by, and the margin for marijuana referendum there was in double digits, so there would have been Republican crossover voting for that. So, obviously, the makeup of Ohio is a little different than Iowa, but that's worth noting. Yeah, and look, we see that in polling. It, it doesn't fall right along party lines. There's plenty of... Uh public support uh, for that um among republicans i i agree with you jared i don't know that this gets us any closer um the, the one thing i will say is if it's gonna happen here i feel like it's gonna be caving to the opportunity to tax and regulate it like like i feel like that's the reason that it would will finally happen as long as we have at least any measure of republican control of the state house that's going to be the argument that um wins the wins the day i I don't know if that's it we're anywhere closer to that but i feel like that's how it's going to happen and 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 if any like especially big uh agricultural interest in the states really Mm. decide this is something that can make us a a boatload of money and this is something we could easily switch to to doing that would definitely help too that's a good point all right let's move on here now and get to wednesday and specifically Wednesday night in the Republican presidential debate in Miami. Um, the latest uh, big event, we were down to five candidates this time. Uh, let's keep this simple and just ask for what stood out to our team here, and, and we'll reverse the order here. And, Jared, we'll start with you on this one. Um, one of the, fir- the first notes I had was that it was kind of a shaky start uh, by Vivek, because uh, when he got asked to make a case for why he should be the nominee, he started blaming uh, the national media. Answer for... the question, Jared. Answer yeah. the question. <laughs> um, and, you know, I mean, national media isn't the most popular with folks, but like when that's the first question of the night and you're trying to introduce yourself, that's kind of a missed opportunity to establish yourself. And also him talking about um, Zelensky as a Nazi is one of those cases of him leaning too much into kind of MAGA speak there there are people in the party who will agree with him and know what he means but there are plenty of folks who maybe are just watching along because they want to learn something and they wouldn't know what that means or where that's coming from um and then i was struck too that um desantis and haley haley more so were really the only two candidates to kind of fully acknowledge that there might be an issue with how voters perceive uh the republican position on abortion uh, the other three kind of danced around that a little more. And then, you know, as a bit of a uh, media criticism, let the candidates go at it more often and uh, earlier. And uh, also, uh, Hugh Hewitt, you need to shorten those questions up, man. Uh, do, do, do not get me started on Hugh Hewitt. Um, I agree with you, by the way. I'm glad you said that uh, as a regular on Iowa PBS at, uh, in our debate. It's not a formal, formal policy by any stretch of the imagination. But, but it's kind of an unofficial policy that when they want to go at it a little bit, now you got to rein them in at some point too. Um, but, but to let them do that, I mean, that, that can be as instructive and as helpful as any scripted question uh, that you give yeah. them to, to, to let them, you know, kind of debate each other there. And especially more in the, the first hour, they, there were numerous times where they were taking shots at each other and there were just no rebuttals. You could at least be giving them a rebuttal and then cut it off. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. All right, Tom, what stood out to you? 
Uh, I mean, what immediately stood out to me is we didn't hear much about Trump. Um, we again, uh, it, it seemed like the candidates took a cautious manner to try to separate themselves from uh, the front runner who has dominated this race. Um, and, you know, polling has found that attacking Trump directly makes them unpopular with Republican voters that they're trying to win over. Um, but at the same time, not taking an opportunity to draw more direct contrast with the front runner who has been squashing them in state and national polls, um, you know, could be part of the reason why maybe we end up in the place that we did in 2015 into 2016. Um, and, yeah, and so, uh, you know, go ahead. Sorry, real quick. I just want to add on to that and, and, and then I'll get back to it. To your point, even when they do, it's like in coded language, right? It's like we need a candidate uh, who is not going to be, a, a, you know, cause us to keep losing elections. We need a candidate who's about looking forward, not backward. I keep screaming at the TV. Just say who you're talking about. My goodness. Sorry. It, 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 yeah, it, it seems like they're all making similar calculations to be the last person standing to take on Trump or yeah. hoping that somebody else will kind of do the dirty work for them. Um, and, and, and so including and so, maybe the yeah. justice system right right and and so yeah so it seems like it, it's you know framing this race is is can who can take the second place position and and uh, perhaps take on trump in a one-on-one -on -one matchup but you know i, th I think as, as as we've mentioned before they're running out of time with the iowa caucuses roughly two months away um I felt that uh, the debate was useful in revealing the emerging GOP fault line on foreign policy. Um, Nikki Haley and Chris Christie stood out for their um, support of both Israel and Ukraine um, and uh, going after President Biden for, for weakness that uh, they argue is invited aggression from adversaries. Um, Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, you know, uh, showed himself to be um, kind of more of an isolationist, while Ron DeSantis and Tim Scott hedged a little bit, especially when it when it ref, um, related to aid for Ukraine. Um, you know, Haley definitely showed her um, foreign policy credentials or, or, or chops, um, and you know, benefited from her experience as a, a U.S. ambassador to the United Nations when talking about. Um, uh, aid to Israel um, and saying that, uh, you know, Iran is behind the militias attacking Israel and U.S. bases in the region and noting that Russia, China and Iran are working together is what she called an unholy alliance against uh, the U.S. and its and its interests. Um, you know, some candidates created moments on the debate stage uh, to, to try and create or, or continue some momentum, but I don't know that it's really changed the dynamics or contours of the race as it stands now. Both Haley and DeSantis delivered strong performances. They both reaffirmed or reestablished themselves as the leaders in the race for second place to challenge Trump for the nomination. Um, I thought it was a more serious and substantive debate um, compared to the, the, the previous debates that we saw. I thought the moderators did a better job of cutting candidates off when they went over their allotted time and limiting crosstalk and candidates talking one, one uh, talking over one another. 
Um, DeSantis seemed to be more at ease on the debate stage. Um, Haley stood her ground and did well, shutting down attacks by Vivek Ramaswamy. And Called him it, scum. Yeah. I was going to say delivered effective, memorable rebuttals, most notably when uh, to Ramaswamy's dig at Haley, uh, calling her Dick Cheney in three-inch heels. Um, you know, the, the, the comment felt dated, and Haley delivered, I think, a, a memorable comeback saying that they're five-inch heels and they're uh, not for a fashion statement, they're for ammunition. Um, by, the way, by the way, did anybody yeah. else catch, because I didn't the first time, he actually double-digged a shot at DeSantis there, too. He said there's two of them up here. I didn't yep. catch that the first time too, and then I, when I heard it replayed later, I, I heard it the second time. <laughs> Nikki Nikki fired back, but DeSantis didn't. Yeah, um, and and again, I, I I thought that you know she delivered um, a um, on point uh, message or response about uh, the the issue of of, of abortion that um, you know quite honestly, you know should should kind of now be adapted by you know every every republican campaign or 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 playbook you know just kind of given um what we saw again with the election results um on on tuesday and i i think that um you know it's messaging that um is going to play particularly well um for independent voters and suburban women voters um, and, and, and you saw that to some extent um, after the debate when NBC uh, went to their kind of correspondence in the field. They had they were at watch parties in Iowa and New Hampshire and uh, were getting reactions from voters. And uh, you you heard a lot of them saying that they appreciated Haley's response to the issue of abortion and how it should be addressed by the GOP. Um and then uh, it, it became clear straight out of the gate that uh, Tim Scott is playing hard for that Christian conservative evangelical mm-hmm. vote in Iowa. Yep. Yep. Uh, all right. Um, I was looking up to, to see if I could find it. I, I, I deleted it and, and uh, I, I, or at least I, I, I must've deleted it and I can't see it. But to your point about the abortion um, messaging, um, Tom, I, it was amazing to me. Uh, because I, I think I think you're right. I think that's certainly Nikki Haley's goal. Um, and then I saw uh, an email that came out. Um, you know, to Nikki Haley's goal to try and you know f- deliver a message that can be a winning message for Republicans, knowing where public opinion is on 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 this and seeing what's happened in other elections. And then <laughs> I get an email late last night uh, after the debate from, uh, and I don't want to assign it because I, I, I can't say for certain and I can't find it, but it was, all right, to out, went out to supporters saying, join me in a call for a 15-week ban. Uh, so I was just surprised to see that kind of difference, like, you know, that Haley pretty clearly trying to, it's the old general election versus the, the primary election argument, right? Haley's trying to carry something into a general election while uh, other candidates are, are, uh, are, are sticking to the, the, the Republican primary on this. All right, Todd, uh, did we take all the good stuff or you got anything uh, unique to offer? Mm, what, what more could there be to say? <laughs> uh, 
Well, I mean, as Jared talked about, I, I mean, the, uh, uh, Nikki Haley calling Vivek Ramaswamy scum was, was something new. And of course he asked for it because I mean, he asked about her daughter having daughter a t- TikTok, TikTok yeah. account and, and how, and of course, you know, this primary has just been a, a big Chinese communist, communist party fetish, you know, everybody is, I mean, you can't even have a business in your state owned by, owned by the Chinese. It's, it's gotten pretty ridiculous, but he, you know, he made that, and you know, uh, it's just, a, you know, she called him scum and it's a reminder, the old uh, journalism rule that the best uh, defense against libel is truth. And so I don't think, I don't think she was far off. You kind of have to wonder how long does Vivek, Vivek's 15 minutes last. I mean, I've covered a lot of presidential candidates, and this quite possibly is the most cynical presidential candidate I've ever seen. He he says things purely for effect. I don't think, I mean, just what he thinks people want to hear, what he thinks will get him attention. I mean, I have no idea what the guy really thinks, but I certainly know that he knows how to, you know, play the act of a politician in the Trump era. Uh, and yeah, the, you know, Dick, Dick Cheney and three inch heels. I mean, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. It's, and, and, well, I, and, and he called it, what it was uh, called the Ukrainian president. What's his name? Vladimir. Nazi. Yeah, well, he also said he, he also said he was uh what was he? A uh, clown. A, a comedian in cargo pants. That's Which, yeah, I, I think, uh, I think Vivek needs to, someone needs to have the talk with him to maybe this is, maybe this is about it. I I don't, <laughs> I hesitate, I almost hesitate to say this because uh, I, I got to be reported to at the end of the day, but um, those are the kind of things that seem like uh, would play well on the podcast that will be out after the campaign's over. Right. You know, that, that's just what that feels like. Or the, uh, or his, he'll get a Fox News show. What would it be yeah. called? Like, uh, give me a break with Vivek or something like that. You know, there's there's a million there's a there's a million possibilities. But Vivek's uh, takes, Vivek's, <laughs> Vivek's hot takes. There we go. There we go. All right. Um, you know, well, first of all, my favorite part of the debate was that TikTok was advertising during the commercial breaks. That was fan. <laughs> that yeah. was fantastic. That's right. I forgot about that. You got to pay the bills at the end of the day. <laughs> that's right. Right. And that's the, I, I, that's the one thing I will say is, you know, and I get why, and there's a serious debate and discussion to be had about TikTok and, and what should happen with it. But I also feel like candidates in campaigns sometimes forget who they're dealing with and what they're good at. <laughs> TikTok, you know, the good social media camp you know, companies and, and, and employees, you got to be careful with, because those folks know what they're doing and, and they know how to um, win the moment uh, for, for lack of a better way of, of putting it. And I think TikTok advertising do, during the commercial breaks of the Republican presidential debate is a perfect example of that. Do, do you now, or have you ever attended an all you can eat Chinese buffet? Do you have frozen Chinese food in your yeah, how, in your freezer? How far does this go? 
<laughs> Do you celebrate Chinese New Year? <laughs> God. Um, I'm just going to I'm going to use my time to kind of loop all of this stuff together cuz this this um feels to me like it and I look, we'll revisit this at, uh, on the po- last podcast before the um caucuses if we want just to hold me accountable and see if I'm just threw something against the wall and it sounded good at the time and is stupid in hindsight. But it does feel to me like this is could be a turning point in the caucus cycle. And, and I'll be interested, like I said, in a couple months to look back and, and, and see if this was a time when something started changing. Uh, we, we've just been so static all year with Donald Trump holding this big lead over DeSantis and, and the rest of the field. And, and if there is a moment where that's going to change, I feel like maybe this week is it when you combine all the things we just talked about between the Reynolds endorsement and the election results and, and how um, Republican voters interpret those. And then another debate where, again, Nikki Haley did well again. Um, so is this, does that help? Maybe she, and I'm not saying it's even DeSantis. Maybe it's Haley's the one who, who surges. And I, I don't know. I just feel like this just felt like a, a really momentous three days in a row. And, and, and maybe this is the point where we look at back on and said, finally, something happened. Um, or it won't, and Trump will win the caucus is 43 to 19. That's possible, too. <laughs> I guess we'll see together. In the meantime, that's it for this edition of On Iowa Politics. Uh, thanks for joining us. If you're not already, be sure to subscribe to us wherever you find your podcast, and you can also catch it each week on your preferred Gazette or Lean newspaper website. Now that you listen to the On Iowa Politics podcast, Make sure you're also subscribed to the On Iowa Politics newsletter, where every morning in your inbox, you'll receive all the latest politics and government coverage from our team. That's politics way too many times in a short span. I'm going to edit that script for future episodes. Uh, You can subscribe to the free newsletter at the Gazette's website, thegazette.com. And lastly, don't forget that the work of everyone you heard here today covering politics can be found on the pages and websites of the Quad City Times. Muscatine Journal, Cedar Rapids Gazette, Waterloo Cedar Falls Courier, Mason City Globe Gazette, Council Bluffs Daily Nonpareil, and the Sioux City Journal. Politics. Item 9 and the Mad Hatters will play us out this week. If you know an Iowa band or musician who should be featured on the podcast, please send us a sound file. For Tom Barton, Jared McNett, Todd Dorman, and our producer Stephen Colbert, I'm Aaron Murphy. Thank you for listening.
Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.